Welcome to Talking Respect with Hannah Banani. This is episode three, how to master your confidence and silence your inner voice with Fadila Hilali. Brené Brown once said, don't shrink, don't puff up, just stand your sacred ground. Now today's guest is Fadila Hilali, a well-being coach in London. She grew up in Morocco and spent most of her early years in the United States and Spain before settling to London. She makes a daily impact offering coaching services, corporate training and the Confidence Bootcamp, which we will learn later on about. She's also the author of a best-selling book, Stuffed, How to Feel So Good About Yourself You Won't Have Room for Cake. Great title. Thank you for coming on, Fadila. It's really nice to have you. Okay, so I'm just going to dive right in. Can you tell us a bit about how you got into coaching and what that role feels like to you? Great. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and about my background, coaching was a little bit of a, of a I don't want to say an accident, but just a little bit random. Uh, I always thought I wanted to work in the not-for-profit sector. I was very, very oriented from a young age and like, you know, the whole uh, not-for-profit purely because it was so people-focused and it was all about helping. Uh, so for me, that was an obvious choice. Uh, but then it is working in a charity in London that I came across my, well, first coaching acquaintances. And I just remember uh, these two people in particular just standing out to me because they just seemed to stay very grounded, even in times of crisis. And I thought, hmm, okay, this is interesting. What's so special about them? We all seem to be struggling out here. And they just seem to be sailing through uh, adversity. So that's how, you know, that kind of piqued my interest. And later on, I would say about six months or even a, probably a year later, uh, I was just assigned this project helping young people who used to be involved in gangs to start up um, their own social enterprise. So, you know, I ended up coaching them. I didn't have any formal experience. I, I delivered a lot of training, but not in this particular area. And uh, we had funding for two years. So I was involved in that project for two years. And I just remember after a year thinking like, I don't think it's going to be okay to just go back to my regular, you know, fundraising, campaigning job. I, I need to find a way to keep on doing this because I love it so much. Um, so yeah, that's how I stumbled on coaching. Thanks, Fadila. And can you share with us an example of a coaching session, what that would be like for you? Well, the coaching sessions are very um, client-centered, so I don't go by a, um, by a program per se. So whatever is on the client's agenda is how the coaching session is going to go. So it usually starts with a check-in. Um, obviously, if it's a first session, uh, you would want to set some common goals just so you, you know what the client is after, just helping them gain clarity and just see where they are. It's all about getting that helicopter view like what's the client's landscape? What's their life like? So, you know, sometimes it sounds like a little bit like a brainstorming session because there is no, uh, you know, it, it's a free space for people to just open up. And then based on that, all of the information we gather, then I guide the client in, you know, shaping uh, the goals that they want to pursue and work on uh, throughout our coaching journey. 
Um, but then the following sessions are very much, you know, you would have set some action points, have some goals and plans that you're working towards. So we check in, see what's worked, what hasn't worked, explore these things and see how we can keep on moving forward. So it's a very fluid process. The agenda is always with the client, always. And my role as a coach is to facilitate. So let's see, you know, how far your mind goes before I have to add mine. And that's what's so interesting about it. That's why, you know, as far as I'm concerned, coaching doesn't necessarily create a dependency. It's very much about putting the tools in the hands of, you know, the coachee. And that's really empowering because, you know, the person finishes the coaching program and they feel, you know, they feel good. They feel, you know, empowered and confident about, you know, carrying on uh, with their goals uh, beyond our time together. And I think that's, that's awesome. That's what I love the most about it. It's great that you place so much emphasis on the client and that you allow them to lead the session. But going back to basics, when do you think that someone would need a coaching session and what is it that would lead them to seek coaching in the first place? I mean, we could all uh, use and benefit from coaching. Um, but it is not necessarily something that we need per se, because we've all been able to operate throughout our life without coaching, regardless of the adversity, the challenges, or, you know, the achievements and success we've had. I think coaching is a want. So if you think of, a, of an athlete, for instance, they have the talent, right? They have the physical abilities. Having a coach is not a necessity for them to be able to run, okay? Or, you know, whatever athletics they're doing. However, having someone in their corner steps up their game. It's about playing a bigger game or even sometimes, you know, sticking with the athlete um, example, they might be hitting a plateau and they just can't see how to get past this plateau. And that's when, you know, having an external uh, perspective and someone who looks at things very objectively and can, and can kind of spot where, you know, how far you've stepped out of your, of your magic uh, zone and just help you get back into that flow. That That's when it comes in handy. So in terms of coaching, we want to, not because we need it to survive or we need it, you know, it's not like a doctor, but we want it because we know that there's more and that we're not necessarily seeing it. Um, so there could be so many different situations why coaching would be beneficial. Uh, I've, I've had my coaches and I keep on having coaches, even as a coach myself. And different coaches have served different purposes at different times. But the experience has always been elevating, always, and has always helped me, you know, play a bigger game. Essentially, it's like having a cheerleader then, isn't it? Someone who's going to motivate you and elevate you towards the end. And, and sometimes it's just having someone tell you, hey, I believe in you when you stop believing yourself, because we all have self-doubt. And having that voice that says, okay, you know, you're going through a rough patch. You can't really see, you know, the light per se, or like it, it's not. You, you know, you feel a little bit disconnected from that long-term vision and having that voice just cheering for you and just be like, hey, I see you in the best way, you know, you can possibly be seen. And I'm just there to remind you that's who you are. You're not this particular rough patch that you're going through. Could you just elaborate on the difference between a coach and a psychologist? Because I think the two really overlap. And it would be really good for the audience to have a clear explanation from coming from a coach. Sure. 
I mean, a lot of psychologists and therapists have actually trained um, in coaching later on in life uh, because it's easy to have overlap. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. But there are some clear, clear differences. Uh, and one of my uh, first tasks as a coach when I first speak to someone is to make sure that it is indeed uh, coaching that they would benefit from and not therapy, uh, perhaps even in a first time. So I, I have been in situations where I've referred people to therapists because I thought, well, actually, this is probably where you need to start. Like uh, coaching wouldn't necessarily serve you um, at this point. Uh, and, you know, if you're having things that have been um, dormant, uh, whether, you know, let, let's go at the very end of the spectrum, if you've had trauma uh, or, you know, very difficult ex experiences that you really need to talk about that you've never, you know, talked about, or if you're dealing with depression, uh, you know, prolonged depression, we're not talking about low mood. This is different, right? Um, there is a big difference. Or, you know, like very strong anger or things that just feel very out of control or that you just feel very isolated and you just need to talk. Like you don't need to focus on goals. You just want to talk. You want to feel heard and you want to save space. Then therapy is definitely the place to be, right? Uh, and, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's called self-care and it's the smart decision to make. Coaching is very much um, future-focused and very action-focused as well. So that doesn't mean that we don't talk about emotions. I mean, as human beings, we're an ecosystem. It's impossible to isolate the human from the goal, from the emotions, from the past. They all work together. However, we look at the past, we look at the emotions, we get what we need from it, what we learn, what, you know, the lessons we need to learn, and then we utilize that to keep on moving forward and reach our goals. So that's one of the biggest difference. So we don't stay there too long. Uh, we don't dig. We don't, you know, we, we look like coaching can be deep and transformational. Absolutely. But there is that fine line. And it is, you know, the role of the coach to be able to tell if that fine line is, you know, bordering therapy a little bit too much and then just be like, okay, let's go there. Uh, because, you know, even talking about confidence and self-esteem, of course, stuff is going to come up from childhood. You know, I used to be bullied or I used to da -da -da -da, and that's OK. Like we can talk about it. But if the client's need is to really talk about it and explore it uh, and just stay there, not so much. OK, let me use this to see how I can, you know, change my habits and mental patterns so I can be more confident Then therapy is a better choice. That's a brilliant explanation. Thank you. Could you now talk us through the Confidence Bootcamp and what that offers for people? Okay. So the Confidence Bootcamp is a six-week program that just basically helps people uh, navigate a lot of the self-doubt, inner critic, the things that stand between them and you know how they want to feel because it's all how we want to feel. When we feel good, we do good. That's just how it works. Um, so in terms of aspects uh, of our lives and our habits that we look at, so, you know, we start out with our mental patterns, like what do we think? We look at our beliefs, the limiting beliefs, like what sort of, you know, baggage we've been carrying around that's kind of like weighing us down today, even if it's baggage from 20 years ago, right? Sure. Uh, then we look at, you know, our emotions, how to harness emotions. There's a lot of emotional intelligence involved. So that, you know, emotions work with you, not against you. Um, then we also talk about, you know, some of the habits that disempower us, like perfectionism, comparing, 
uh, ourselves with other people. People pleasing, which is a big, big issue for a lot of us. Uh, then, you know, how, how to communicate so that we, we feel heard and that we also, you know, hear other people because it's, it's a two-way street. And then finally, we come up with, you know, our very own plans to, you know, take the learning forward because the magic really happens when we start implementing all of it. Uh, the Confidence Bootcamp, you know, there's the word bootcamp in it. So it's all condensed. It's a little bit of a sprint. Uh, and then, you know, beyond that, that's when you have time to really embed everything and implement and, and, and see, you know, see the change happen, which is awesome. I love the title of your book, Stuffed, How to Feel So Good About Yourself, You Won't Have Room for Cake. Could you tell us a bit about the book and what's inside? Stuffed uh, is a book uh, essentially on emotional eating. Okay. Uh, that is an issue I've struggled with for a very, very long time. And a lot of people, once I started my coaching career, um, used to approach me about this particular issue. And the interesting thing about emotional eating um, or, you know, about any sort of like dysfunctional relationship with food, body image um, has a lot to do with self-esteem. So we rarely talk about food. It's not, you know, a dieting book. It's not about um, you know, losing weight or even those, you know, you might change those things as a result, but there's no focus on, on, on that. Uh, it's very much about, you know, what does it take for us to feel good? And, and again, um, you know, what sort of beliefs do we have that keep on getting in the way and that keep us, uh, you know, feeling empty because that's what it is, whether it's, uh, you know, alcohol, compulsive shopping, uh, binge eating, uh, even drug use, there's, they're all there as coping mechanisms. Um, and, and I've always been fascinated by what it is that makes us feel empty and how to you know, cater to that so that we no longer need extras that are, well, <laughs> essentially um, you know, harmful for us and how to fill that uh, in a very nurturing, holistic way. Uh, and something that we can do ourselves that doesn't need to, you know, th where we don't need to spend money or or go somewhere where you can literally refill on demand. You know, Fadela, I was born and raised in London and my parents are from Morocco originally. And so I'm Moroccan and I'm, you know, really happy with the culture and the tradition and the food and how welcoming everyone is. However, I find that there's an awful lot of pressure in the society to please, you know, we've got to be a people pleaser, we've got to dress up in the, you know, show up in our best dressed self, and we have to always be on point. And as a result, we end up speaking negatively to our own self and putting ourselves down. So I think a lot of people can relate to this because there's this negative dialogue going on inside our minds and all constant putting ourselves down. How can we remove ourselves from that inner dialogue, from the negative thoughts? I think it's very important to start very small. Um, so starting with small acts of self-care is the best way um, to get started on this journey. Because again, you know, going from one extreme to the other um, it's kind of like, you know, one of those New Year's resolutions, <laughs> you know, by the extreme ones. And, you know, within five days, it's just like, what? Did I say that? No, 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 no. Or I'll just leave it for next year. 
So you want to start very small and you don't want to engage in a, in a power struggle with your mind because some of these habits have been there for decades for some of them or years at best. So thinking that you're going to undo them just because you're repeating affirmations every morning, um, you know, affirmations might help you and that's cool, but it's going to take a little bit more than that. So we really need to kind of manage our own expectations and, and be prepared for, you know, a little bit of a journey to get over those habits. So starting with self-care and then just asking ourselves for evidence whenever we're engaging in this sort of, you know, negative self-talk, negative self-talk or even self-doubt, like getting in the habit of just questioning. It's not just saying, no, 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 that's not true, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. So I feel that I am failing in X, Y, and Z. Okay. So what evidence do I have? Is that really true? Um, If a friend came to me with the same problematic what advice would I give them? What, you know, what would I say to help them shift their perspective? So, you know, engaging in this non, you know, argumentative, confrontational uh, dialogue with ourselves, because we're the toughest ones. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I would recommend doing. Just, just getting into the habit of, you know, instead of going, well, it's always like this. I never blah, blah, blah. People always take advantage of me or blah, 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 blah. Because that, you know, boxes us in this sort of like, you know, just just disempowered state. We just feel disempowered and there's nothing we can do um, to change it as opposed to like, okay, is that really true? Have I been in situations where, uh, well, you know, I felt heard, I felt respected? Okay, cool. What was it like? What was different, you know, between that situation and where I am today where I feel very, you know, you know, this or that? If you wouldn't mind sharing with us an experience of a struggle that you've had in the past um, and you could talk us through how you overcame that struggle, I think it would be really helpful to the audience if you could share that with us. Thank you. Well, I mean, I think my, my biggest struggle has always been with, uh, with my self-esteem because, I mean, a lot of people have this image of what confident people look like. And uh, from the outside, I had all of the, you know, the cliche confident traits. Uh, But on the inside, I felt, you know, I just felt very, very low. I didn't feel good enough. I used to compare myself a lot. And nothing I ever did was just worthy of praise or, uh, and that's something I struggled with. So I had like acute perfectionism uh, problems to deal with. And that in the end always stopped me because, um, you know, it's a lot harder to get back up from, you know, failure and setbacks when you have someone waiting on the other end telling you that, you know, you suck and you're just never going to make it. And that other person on the other end was myself. Um, So that I would say that has been the biggest struggle because, you know, depending on the age, depending on the, the phase you are in in life, it will look different. Uh, but it's essentially the same thing. So until I was able to tackle that, um, yeah, I was never really happy. No matter how much I achieved, how much love I received, it was just never good enough. And something really interesting about it, if I may add, is the fact that you know when you're when you have compassion and empathy for yourself, you have a lot more for other people as well. So that's the interesting thing about it. You just become a better, more compassionate human being as a whole because you 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 just you just see people where they are and there's a lot less judgment uh, going on. 
That's really interesting, Fadila. I've not heard of that one before. And after years of self-development practice, that's the first time that I've heard of that saying. So what would you hope to achieve in the coming years? And what would be your goal? I think for me, it's very much about um, just continuing to walk my talk, really. <laughs> because it's, uh, you know, we, we all, we all um, get a little bit distracted at times. Um, and I would say that's uh, that's something that I definitely I am mindful of. And I think after many, many years of coaching now, I'm very clear on where uh, I can have the most impact. And I've realized that, you know, regardless of the situation people are in, self-esteem and confidence is one of the biggest, biggest struggles. Um, and having more of it makes us better human beings, better friends, better wives, better girlfriends, uh, sisters, mothers. Uh, and just, you know, community members. So I'm very, very keen to keep on, you know, improving my craft and and keep on understanding the needs of of people so that I can support them, you know, just feel good and, and just show up, uh, turning them into change agents themselves. Because when you have, when you're not struggling with your inner critic and self-doubt and, and you know, self-loathing uh, on an extreme level, you have a lot more headspace to do fun things and be creative and find solutions to things that matter. Love it. And I couldn't agree with you more. I have just a couple more questions before we wrap up now. Who has been your inspiration since you've been on this journey? You know, funnily enough, it's my mom. Uh, it's always been my mom. And and being on this path has just made me realize, you were definitely right to look up to her. Now, now I can put names on these qualities that I kind of saw growing up, but never quite understood why they matter. I was like, oh, she's like that. Uh, but today I'm able to put labels on them. So I would say definitely my mom. She's one of the most uh, resilient and focused people I've ever met. Uh, and yet she does that with so much uh, generosity. And I'm talking about emotional generosity as well. Just having this ability to, you know, forgive, learn her lessons, forgive, uh, but still stay, you know, stay the course. She she just goes. She she just goes for, for, you know, what she wants. And she's very passionate. And I love that. Yeah. I have one final question for you, which I ask everyone. What one single advice would you give to the 16-year-old Fadila about your life experience? Yeah, I, w- I would just say uh, done is better than perfect. Just just get things done. Who cares? Like, who cares that they, they don't meet all of the, you know, whatever criteria, whatever specifications that just, just get it done. Just get it done. Uh, the more things you get done, the better they get. And I certainly could have used that advice instead of torturing myself for years on trying to, you know, be perfect or have the perfect project, perfect grade, perfect, you know, whatever. Thank you so much for coming on, Fatila. It's been wonderful having you. I'm sure that our audience have found great value in today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you so much. If you like what you hear, remember to leave a comment in the review and share with your friends. If you want to learn more about Fadila Hilleli, then go to her page at fadilahilleli.com or check her out on social media at Fadila Hilleli. You can also find more on her book, Stuffed, 
how to feel so good about yourself you won't have room for cake at Amazon. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned. This is Talking Respect.